Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Go Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion, part of the E2C network, a family of podcasts covering Auburn athletics. Brought to you by the Auburn Baptist Campus Ministries, serving Auburn students since 1961, and also the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. I'm your host, Kyle Loomis, and it is time Sadly, in some ways, but thankfully in other ways, to take a retrospective look at the season that was for the 2018, well, I should have said it this way, 2017-2018 Auburn men's basketball team. To do so, I have brought along my co-host, friend, owner-operator of the Auburn Uniform Database, and our content manager for the network. I got it all in in one breath. (laughs) Clint Richardson, good to have you back, buddy. Nicely done with that, getting a little bit better. You know, you would think with about a three-week hiatus for us, at least I feel like that's how long it's been since we last... I think it's been a little bit longer. You're probably right. I've I've gotten at least not too out of shape with my vocal cords and been able to talk (laughs) fast. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so tonight we're going to take a look, as we normally do at the end of every athletic team season, whether it's football, track and field, soccer, and just kind of look at the thing as a whole and... Clint, I th- I feel like you could say this for any season that it's a roller coaster year, but what we're about to talk about is a true high and then bottom low, high and then even lower points for this team this year. I mean, this this season is going to be featured on a ESPN 30 for 30 or E60 at some point in the future, good for Auburn or bad for Auburn. That's that's yet to be determined, but this you can't write a better dramatic script than what Auburn went through this season. No, I don't think you can. I think that this is uh, one of those seasons that, well, ultimately, I think once the dust has finally settled, once there are some things figured out postseason here, that it will be remembered fondly and it will be less remembered for the negativity of it. We'll always remember some of the stuff we're about to talk about here, but I don't think it will be the first thing that you think of. I think you'll remember the rise of the Tigers in their non-conference play into SEC, the SEC championship, all that will be ultimately what the story is written about the 2017-18 Tigers. 
Yeah, I mean, I have a SEC championship shirt. I don't have a we were under FBI investigation shirt. <laughs> That's very true. I'm sure somebody would be very happy to print that one up for you if you really wanted it, but let's hey, let's not I, do that. Hey, we've got T public accounts. We can do that real quick. Uh, we could probably pull that off for somebody if they really wanted it. If you do, I'm sorry. That's kind of weird. <laughs> but <laughs> nonetheless, we've got a long season to look through, and we are going to start back at the very beginning, Clint, all the way back to that random trip that they took to Italy, which we haven't random. seen. I, I say random because we just haven't seen a Tiger team do something that big po- or preseason before in, in quite some time. I won't say ever because we well, did talk about that. I mean, that's that's because it's NCAA rules. Um, I believe it's every four years a NCAA basketball team is allowed to have an overseas trip and um, – you know, Albert, Albert went all out in Coach Pearl's first trip. Uh, I believe the previous coaching staffs went to, like, Puerto Rico. Um, God, we talked about it all the way back then, that it's probably been about 10 years or so since Auburn actually went to, um, you know, the European side of the world. So it's it's been a while, absolutely, but it's not, you know, it's not rare or anything. This is... A common thing. It's a very expensive thing, and Coach Pearl was absolutely thankful for the donors and boosters that were that helped make it possible. Because it's it's not cheap to not only fly about twenty or thirty guys overseas, but to house them there for about a week. Yeah, I can imagine the expenses that were racked up by um, a, a bunch of hungry guys, the very athletic guys, burning all those calories and stuff, playing at least four games. I think it was out there. Um, it's not something, not a cost I would definitely want to take on. So obviously the team, Coach Pearl and his staff are appreciative of the investment in them. And um, we are as well because of what the results, I think, are, I think what this trip did for this team is set up what was going to happen this season. There was, I personally felt like a hype coming off of this Italy trip because you went 4-0. They played some teams that probably had no business being on the court with Auburn, but they also played some pretty decent teams. I think they, if I remember correctly, Clint, wasn't it like the, not the national team for Italy, but close to it? I think so. You know, we should have we looked up that one before we got on here, but um, I, I think Auburn actually played a team that had a NBA lottery pick player on the team. So, you know, Auburn didn't just play the, the scrubs that just happened to show up at the court, you know, it's Auburn played some decent talent and, you know, it's all about playing different styles. European basketball is so different than, um, you know, the American style. And even in the U S the East coast and West coast style is completely different. Um, but these, I, I always look at these trips as, um, chemistry building, you know, these, the, this was a very young team these guys hadn't been together for a long time, maybe just summer and spring workouts, if anything. Um, but that's that's where it really comes into play, and I think that's what really got this team through most of this season. Yeah, and that chemistry that was built there, um, honestly, was probably and should have been in some ways had this team not been more resilient than where shattered by what was going to come next. Um, there, as we all have remember, if you've been following college basketball this year, the FBI uh, dropping the news that there are not just one, not just two, but several 
coaches, um, agents, teams, programs, athletic departments implicated in what can be described as probably one of the biggest scandals of the modern era in terms of college athletics and how widespread the corruption was in trying to get pay-for-play type of situation or pay-for-be-with-this-agent type of situation. And if you've been following Auburn basketball, you know that implicated one Chuck Person, former player, former great for Auburn basketball, but at the time, current assistant coach. And when he was implicated, he was swiftly arrested, and his life has never been the same. And what a fall for such a legend for Auburn. Yeah, this this entire situation is really sad, but it's not unexpected. Um, <clears throat> if I said it once, I said it a million times this season that college basketball is one of the dirtiest sports in the world, uh, especially in the country, and especially for college athletics. Um, you know, when you've got Arizona, Oklahoma State, South California, Auburn, NC State, Kansas, Louisville mentioned some way somehow in these allegations it's it's not good um this whole thing i i I said at the time i wish that this was either a nothing story or the worst thing to ever happen to college athletics to the point where they had to rehaul the entire thing and unfortunately i think it's gonna fall right in the middle um i haven't kept up with it too closely recently but there's been reports of mishandling of the entire investigation, mishandling of how info was actually received by the undercover FBI agents. So I've heard a lot of talk about charges probably getting dropped, um, <clears throat> which I, I don't want to see. <laughs> I want to see people held accountable if we have to go there. Uh, I want to see change made because it needs to be made. This This kind of stuff does not belong in sports in general and i mean it it made baseball change with the uh the 1930 whatever sought scandal um you know fits in the world series this this stuff changes the landscape of sports and and the ncaa needs to change it definitely does, and I think it's still something that leaves a sour taste in all of our mouths, not just for us as Auburn fans, but for college basketball fans as a whole. Um, it's very disturbing when you realize how rampant um, the corruption is, um, the lack of morals, lack of ethics uh, were across the board by many parties. And, you know, that goes especially, we hold Chuck Person accountable for that. We His part in this, it's we're not going to give him the pass on this just because he wore orange and blue and he bleeds it too. Uh, but he, I, I hope he does serve his uh, punishment that he for whatever he had in this. Now, if there were trumped charges or, or something like that, I hope that justice is done in the way it should be done throughout all of this. And but at the same time, we continue to pray for uh, Coach Chuck Person and his family because this is not something you ever want to have to someone see go through, but they do need to pay the consequences for their actions, as we all should in that type of situation. And sadly, it doesn't get any better from there in terms of this part of the story, Clint, because shortly after that, we find out that there were two players implicated along with Coach Person in terms of trying to seek money, in terms of going, steering them towards a certain agent. 
and that was Danielle Purifoy and Austin Wiley. Two, what, what most people would consider probably the number one and the number three talented player on the squad, at least at the time. Those are two names that you did not want to hear implicated in this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame that <clears throat> this kind of situation took the jobs away from, you know, many, many people. I mean, somebody as high up as, um, God, what was his title? The head global basketball guy at Adidas. Um, <clears throat> you know, this this hit every level, and it's, it's a shame that it did, and it's a real shame that two kids were dragged along in it. And, you know, you can, they, they knew what they were getting into, I think, um, you know, the extent of which is probably not their fault. Um, you know, I, I don't agree with some of the way that the NCAA handled it. Um, you know, I, I, I would rather have an explanation, a true explanation than to sit for as long as Auburn did waiting on the ruling for both of these players. Um, you know, it's just, because of the stupid situation, you've got two really talented players that lose a year of playing the sport that they've already dedicated their life to, and that's that's a shame. Right, and this is already with Daniel Purifoy having to already have sat a year before all this. We only got to see him for a little while the previous season. And, and he's going to have to sit out, what, 30% of net season, so about eight or nine games, depending on how long the final season is, so... His his punishment's not over. Yeah, and that's and it shouldn't be. Like you said, I, I I would bet that they knew what they were getting into and what they were being involved in. Uh, I would hope they were smart enough to know that, but I also wish they had been smart enough to to get away from that and uh, to not be a part of it. And so we all make choices. We all um, sometimes make bad choices, and it's how you respond to them was what makes you the type of person you are. So. Um, they are serving their punishment, and hopefully they will both be playing in the Orange and Blue very soon. We'll talk a little bit more about that in, towards the end of the show here. Uh, but that's a pretty low point for us, Clint. Uh, tickets uh, for the se- or season tickets are starting to be refunded after already selling out. That was, If that's not embarrassing enough, happening to be part of this investigation, that was really embarrassing. Yeah, that, w- that, was, that was bad. Um I spoke to at least one guy who had season tickets and sold them back during that situation, but he he works out of town. Uh, he's not able to make all the games as is, and he, he cited that it was just a lot of dedication for what we thought at the time was not going to be a really great season. So, you know, you can point and laugh and, you know, at some of these people that did give it back and would probably regret it how the season went, but you know everybody has their own personal reasons. Um, if they did give it back solely because of the investigation, then maybe they shouldn't have had them there in the first place. I, I agree. I think there is a little bit of understanding that can be had for people who wanted to give them back for several reasons, and then the investigation is just the icing on top of all that that makes it just not palatable. So... If that's your reason, yes, I think you have to look and say the season's probably not going to be great now. I've already had some questions. I've already got logistics problems. So that, but if you're just solely jumping off ship because of one investigation, then right, you shouldn't have been there probably in the first place. And hey, give them to me. These <laughs> yeah. are expensive. I'll take them. 
I'll take them too. I know several people who would take them from you off your hands if you don't want them. And as embarrassing as that was, Clint, we I don't even think we talked about this pre-show because I think we blocked it from our memory. Um, <laughs> we'll talk more in detail about the games and stuff in just a minute. But do you remember what happened in the exhibition game? Oh, I do. Do you yeah. remember the name of the college that beat us? Barry. Barry, I think that's what we, I think we even titled the episode Barry because of what they did to us. Probably. Uh, if I recall, we lost in overtime to Barry yes. College in the exhibition game and what was flabbergasting, frustrating, um, completely, if the wheels had not fallen off the bandwagon for Auburn basketball <laughs> at that point, they were completely off at that point. Well, hey, maybe, maybe I can throw in a little bit of um, good news for that um of course barry you came to auburn and won that exhibition game 100 to 95 the following or at their first game i guess about two weeks later they hosted st thomas and they scored 121 um they scored 106 a week later they sco- they've got there's a another 100 point game another one another one they've got a, a lot of 100 point games but Regardless, the, uh, Barry finished the season 23-9, and 14-6 and six in conference play. And, you know, this, this might be the, the brightest light of them all. They made it to the NCAA Division II Elite Eight. They lost to the second-seeded Ferris State by three points, but Auburn didn't lose to a nobody, like I said in that first episode of the season. Auburn lost to a really good team, and and I know for a fact that it lit a fire under this team. Well, let me say this, Clint. I'm not calling Barry what I'm about to use this oh expression for. I'm not saying they are this, but you can shine a turd up as much as you want. It's still a turd. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> just to be quite frank. That is, you know, you and I on that show, we're calling for people to calm down. Let's just figure it out. But behind the scenes, you and I are freaking out, too. What the heck is going on? We're just trying to promote the positivity as we try to do and also trying to, you know, rally behind this team as much as we can, at least publicly. But I, I mean, if we're honest, we both were kind of sweating bullets at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I said many times, I sat through three years of really bad basketball, um, something that I never wanted to do again. And Watching that Barry game, it it felt like we were probably back where we where we started. Um, but thank thank Bruce and thank everybody involved that we weren't. Uh, it uh it was definitely the final piece of a very low point on that roller coaster ride. And now I want us to kind of start taking a more in depth look, if we can, with with the time we have at some of the pieces of the season that actually became. And we can start with the non-conference play. We've talked about the hopes at the beginning, the bad stuff, all of that, the turd, everything. Let's talk about what started to surprise us about this team. After losing to Barry, you see an Auburn basketball team start off by winning the first two games, losing to Temple. But Temple lost 88-74. to They're still trying to find their way. It wasn't an embarrassing loss by any stretch of the imagination. So... I didn't see people falling off the bandwagon like they did after Barry, but 
I think people were cautiously optimistic in what they were seeing as, in terms of the Tigers scoring in their first three games. Uh, 102 points, 83 points, and 74 points. So where were you, where was your mind at after all the stuff in the preseason and then the first couple of games into the non-conference play? Well, Barry was obviously worrisome. Uh, Norfolk State was scoring 102 was encouraging, but we've seen the worst Auburn teams score a lot of points. Um, so, you know, that could go either way. Um, <clears throat> the way the Charleston Classic went was, eh. I mean, losing to Temple wasn't a bad loss at the t- at the time. Uh, Temple didn't really do much the rest of the season, so it turned out to be a bad loss. But, you know, the last time Auburn was in the Charleston Classic, Frankie Sullivan sliced open his forearm. It was a I think Auburn went 0-3. It was a terrible, terrible week. So to come out of that 2-1 and was better than it could have been. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was just like, all right, you know, Auburn's going to be a, you know, a 50-50 team or, you know, maybe a 600 team. But they thankfully turned it around because following that Temple loss, they go on a 14-game win streak. Say that again, Clint. What was that? 14. One more time. One, four. (laughs) And, I mean, you know, you look at some of these teams and it's like, eh, Winthrop, George Mason, Gardner-Webb, nothing. But, you know, I think the first really big test was at Dayton. You know, you're at the site of an NCAA tournament every year. You're at a team that, gosh, what, they were leading the – country and home wins at the time and Auburn broke that streak um UAB always plays Auburn tough that's such a big matchup the middle Tennessee state game I mean they've given us fits and they've given a lot of teams fits over the past couple years um you know leaving Birmingham and going straight up to Kentucky to face Murray State in what was probably the most hostile environment that this team played in all season long. Um, and probably the biggest scare they had up at that point, too, because it oh, was absolutely. 81 to 77. Um, it's a close looking at the score, but it was even closer than that. I mean, it was, what, the last four minutes before Auburn actually took the lead? Um, you know, that that's when you saw, I mean, I think you saw it in UAB and Middle Tennessee as well, but the Murray State game really proved how much fight and how much grit this team had that <clears throat> previous teams hadn't. Once once an old Auburn basketball team got down 4, 5, 10, it was over. There's no chance of coming back. And I, I don't know how many times this season that Auburn was down 10, 15, and even 20 points and came back and and won the game, if not kept it really close. Um, But, yeah, Murray State was a really tough place. That was a great win, Um, and that's always going to be a good win no matter what. UConn, I mean, it really, really sucks that Auburn has caught UConn at the two worst years of that entire program. Um, I mean, they fire the coach at the end of the year. I want to beat... UConn and Oklahoma when they're actually decent. Well, and let me say this, Clint. You and I, I <laughs> except think... in football and softball, let me whoop them up any day of the week. 
Let me just don't say get this. me started on Oklahoma. I know, I know. We can get you on a soapbox all day about that. Ugh. You and you and I have talked about this UConn and even included Oklahoma in it with last year playing both of them. Were they as big as we feel like they were, or is it just because Auburn basketball had been such a low point? Just the name of it and beating them was a huge thing. I will grant you, retrospectively, UConn sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it. 89-64, to 64, even as good as Auburn was this season, that just doesn't happen on a typical UConn program. Now, all that being said, I, as much as they were not the team that you would hope you would have beaten, this, for me, was the moment I noticed Auburn solidified in the national minds that okay, they're, they're at least worth paying attention to because at this point they've gone on a pretty decent runs of, a run of wins here. They've beaten Murray State in a hostile environment, Middleton State, U, UAB, and then whether UConn's good or not, just the name, oh, who beat UConn? Um, who are they? When have they been good? At, that, I think, is the moment when the casual basketball fan that never even realized that Auburn played basketball realized, okay, we're going to just at least pay attention to this the rest of the season. And then you see us go and beat Cornell at home to finish out non-conference 98-77. So my question to you, Clint, is looking at the the whole non-conference schedule, was this a pretty decent schedule for you? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, one non-conference loss, um, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm happy with that. <laughs> would you would you say it's a little easy though in terms of what we now know about all those teams? Probably, um, you know, I, I see three games in a row that are always going to be high quality wins: uh, UAB, MTSU, and Murray State. Um, but you know, Winthrop, George Mason, Gardner Webb, Hofstra, Cornell, Hofstra was in tournament play though. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weaker. <clears throat> Auburn didn't go into conference play with a very good RPI and straight to schedule. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tougher to, or it's easier to degrade a basketball schedule because most of them are made year of, whereas football, you know, it, it's kind of hard to blame a team for playing a really bad, um, I don't know, Louisville team when that game was put in, put on paper 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> these games are made quick and you know, it's temple temple really could have been good this year. They were good last year. Um, you know, Indiana state doesn't have Larry bird walking through any day soon, but <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a great schedule. Um, but I think it, it was, pretty good you know bruce pearl gave auburn a really good chance to get their footing in the first game you know barry would have been a good way to do that but oh, um, <laughs> get your footing going you know play in a tournament um you know charleston classic is a good tournament it's not a great tournament next year is going to be a great tournament in hawaii um <clears throat> you know come home play a play a home game travel to ohio I mean, you never know what you're going to get with Dayton. A couple more home games, a couple of road games, you know, and then come home and finish the the calendar year and the Christmas season at home in front of your own fans. So, 
I mean, I, I don't have any fault with it. Um, you know, maybe you switch one of Cornell, Gardner-Webb, George Mason, Winther. Maybe you switch one of those with a yeah. better team. Um, <clears throat> but schedule making is difficult. Right. It, it, I can understand the difficulty in trying to balance good teams that will build your resume if, if you can beat them and also trying to balance games that can prep you, not get you hurt, just kind of get things going for your team here. And I will say this, even though it looks a little easier in hindsight, I think this was a masterful piece of scheduling for Coach Pearl and his staff. Um, I think the way it played out for Auburn, it couldn't, uh, minus a loss, couldn't have played out any better than because it had Auburn on the national stage in terms of conversation, only one loss. You know, they're knocking on the door of being ranked at this point because I don't think, if I recall, they were ranked going into what would start our SEC play with Tennessee. Did, were they ranked, Clint? I, I don't think so. I think, I think Tennessee was ranked. Tennessee was definitely ranked because they have it here listed at 23 when we play them. I remember that because they were in the 20s. So here's the interesting thing, and I remember vividly you and I talking about this on the Cornell episode, talking about a, a look into SEC play. And I said that this was Auburn's chance. They had already been... They made some noise. People were paying attention to them to prove that this non-conference schedule wasn't a fluke. And they did that with flying colors. <laughs> a 94-84 to 84 win in Knoxville against Coach Pearl's former team to start off SEC play. What would be your eventual competitor for the SEC title and probably the, and, and the, the best, I'll call them the second best team, but in some ways they were probably as good of a team as us. Doing that, that way to start off the SC schedule, I think just launched Auburn into the year that it was going to be. Yeah, that was such a big confidence boost. And and again, that was a game where Auburn got behind. And, you know, you even go back to two years ago when Auburn played in Knoxville. It wasn't pretty. Um, get behind a couple of points and, you know, just let's run clock and get out of here. And, you know, there, there's you can't say enough about this team and their grit and their fight to keep playing and to play for the win um you know and the tennessee game was proof on that and then to go from knottsville back home and beat you know i think at the time was a really good arkansas team um you know they were kind of up and down this season um come home and destroy a not so good old miss team and then travel to mississippi state and in a in a pretty hostile environment, still come back from a big deficit. And I think, you know, that, that was kind of the story at the beginning of the conference season. Auburn had to come back from a bad first half to even make it a competitive game. And then they beat these teams by 10 and 15 points. And, and that, just to give them the head start and blow past them, was insane to watch it was and that's what the storyline would happen time and time again auburn would fall behind but respond not like the teams of old and we i think that we ran that storyline into the ground clint this is not the team of old that once they got behind they were done this team once they got behind for the most part this season responded and came back with a fiery force now we did hit a little skid there to start off um not to start off the conference play, but pretty early on. You know, you go to Tuscaloosa, you expect it to be a big game. 
Uh, you expect the hype around the Auburn right then that they were fired up, and boy, were they probably playing one of the better games of the season they have. Now, Alabama wasn't a bad team, but they weren't a team. They were a group of individual, of highly talented individuals playing on a team, as you and I constantly talk about, <laughs> getting the win 76-71. to 71. But even with this loss, Clint, as much as it sucked to lose to this team, you didn't see the fan base, you didn't see the team get down. No, and um, you know, I don't. Wasn't Mustafa sick? And that's right. Game? Yes. And um, Rice so, was know. nursing a, a shoulder too at that point. <clears throat> was it? I think it was later, wasn't it? I'm pre- no, I am pretty sure that Bryce Brown. He was he was the guy that had the shoulder first go down, and then Mustafa got sick and sick, and we were like, well, this is just going to be fun. <laughs> well, Alabama didn't have uh, Colin Sexton, and you know they just proved what. You and I both said multiple times that just their individual pieces aren't greater than their, or their individual pieces were greater than their team as a whole. And with him gone, it was the opposite. And they actually played like a really good team. And you know, kind of, kind of shut up Auburn. And you know, it sucked to lose to Alabama, but you know, I think Auburn ended up on the the right end of all of this at the end of the season. Um, definitely, you know. I hate playing Alabama three times. I hate <laughs> losing to them twice. But you know, I, I think that Auburn's future near that at least in the short term for future the next two years maybe are brighter than Alabama. Uh, I would completely agree with that. That's going to do it for this episode on the E2C Network. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our show. A couple reminders for you listeners before we head out today. If you're interested in joining the E2C Network team, make sure you give us an email at e2cnetwork at gmail.com, and we'd be happy to discuss that with you. Also, make sure you're checking out the variety of episodes on our podcast we have coming out each week, as well as our blog post on e2cnetwork.com. Specifically, make sure you're checking out Facebook Live sessions that we have called E2C Live and Auburn Fan Chat, where you, the listener, can get involved in the show and have your voice heard. If you're interested in connecting with us and giving us feedback, there are a variety of ways to do that. First, go online to iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play. Please subscribe there and give us reviews there as well. It helps spread the show and lets us know how we're doing. If you're looking to find us on social media, you can do so at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even YouTube. Just type in E2C Network, and that'll get you there. Once again, our email is E2Cnetwork at gmail.com and our website, E2Cnetwork.com. And I want to thank the Auburn BCM and the Auburn Uniform Database once again, and thank you, the listeners, for tuning in each and every week. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. <laughs>